You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. This episode is presented by our awesome partners, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online for all the information that you need, www.oklahomahalloffame.com and definitely on social media because it's definitely where you follow us as well at Oklahoma Hall of Fame. For today's episode, I have the Secretary and Commissioner of Agriculture, Blaine Arthur. I'm going to read you a little bio because it's pretty impressive. January 14th, 2019, Blaine Arthur was sworn in by the Governor, uh, Governor Kevin Stitt, as the Oklahoma Secretary of Agriculture, the state's first female to hold the position. Pretty awesome. She acts as, the go- as Governor Stitt's chief advisor on policy development and implementation re- uh, related to agriculture, food, and forestry, and holds the titles of Oklahoma Commissioner of Agriculture and the President of the Oklahoma State Board of Agriculture. Pretty big seat at the table, then. Um, Secretary Arthur grew up in Chickasha, Oklahoma, where her family raised horses, shorthorn cattle, wheat, alfalfa, and soybeans. Arthur and her two sisters, Dr. Rosalind Biggs and Chelsea Evans, were active in 4-H and FFA. That's something in this episode that um, Secretary Arthur gets into that, that she you know, definitely relates a lot of her success back to 4-H. So those of you listening that are in that, you know what we're going to about to talk about. Let's see, focusing primarily on showing horses and shorthorn cattle, both statewide and nationally. Arthur's mother, Dr. Peggy Clark, worked for the USDA as a veterinarian medical officer, and her father, David Spencer, owns operates Spencer uh, Spencer Livestock LLC, a family-operated business. She's grown up in the industry, let's just say that. Upon graduating from Oklahoma State in 2004 with a bachelor's degree in agriculture, e- agriculture economics, Secretary Arthur took a role in a small business financing for rural enterprise. In 2009, Secretary of Agriculture Terry Peach hired her as the department's social media coordinator. When Secretary Jim Reeves was elected in 2011, he offered her the position as Deputy Commissioner of Agriculture, where she stayed from 2011 to 2016. In 2016, she served as the Executive Director for Oklahoma 4-H Foundation until appointed by the Governor. She is the 2016 Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association Distinguished Service Award recipient, remains active in Oklahoma Farm Bureau, Diamond Hats, American Quarter Horse, Quarter Horse Association, Oklahoma Beef Council, and Ponies of Americas, and selected for multiple honors including Oklahoma Agricultural Leadership a journal record 2011 Achievers Under 40 honoree and 2014 Oklahoma Agricultural Woman of the Year. Secretary Arthur married Jared Arthur in 2006, her high school sweetheart. They have two children, Kelton and Kennedy, who both enjoy showing cattle and horses. The Arthurs live in East Stillwater and raise and show cattle for 4-H and FFA members. Please welcome to the podcast, Secretary Blaine Arthur. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Department of Agriculture today with, I'm going to say this, the queen of this building. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have Secretary Blaine Arthur on the podcast with me today to talk about everything agricultural in Oklahoma. I really appreciate you having me down here. 
Well, thank you uh, for the invitation to visit. We always like the chance to talk about agriculture and uh, just look forward to visiting about everything that we do here. Yeah. Uh, recently, um, for, for those people listening, uh, we have, so I, we just have a, a um, in August, we're going to do, a, we start off a year's worth of, of podcast each week is going to do be a podcast with the Department of Agriculture and Made in Oklahoma Coalition. Super excited for that one. This isn't one of those, I don't think, unless they want it to be. Um, <laughs> don't have to be, but um, I'm really excited about that because a couple of the, I say a couple, a few of the recent podcasts I've done, one was with Native Acres out in Okachi. Awesome, like just, yes. you know, fabulous country folks. family. Yeah, yeah amazing. Fabulous folks. Um, and then a few others have just been agriculture-based, and I'm like, there's more here. There's so many family stories in agriculture. That's just, that's what it is, isn't it? Certainly, you know, that generational piece um, is a huge part of ag and certainly a huge part of ag here in Oklahoma. And you can kind of see that passion that gets passed down from generation. But then I think what we're really seeing now is kind of this newest generation has that passion, but Mm -hmm. then has brought kind of a new entrepreneurial spirit uh, to a lot of these operations. And um, I think that's where we see kind of more technology being involved in protection agriculture and some new marketing and uh, social media, you know, things that 10, 20 years ago you wouldn't have seen a lot of. So you see that, um, that they learn from mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, but then they've kind of gone out into the world a little bit and then came back home and said, hey, let's turn this into something um, even more exciting than what we've been doing. Yeah, that reminded me of one of the Native Acres stories. Uh, Josh was saying that he has an app that tells him what the rainfall is everywhere on the farm and his grandma. And that still goes out every day and texts him. He's like, yeah, I know. I, I, I have an app. Well, and that, you know, that's the the good and the challenging yeah. thing about some of our ag producers uh, of different ages. Some of them are very set in their ways. But, uh, you know, now even for irrigation purposes, mm-hmm. a lot of folks can run those pivots from their cell phone. Whereas used to, that might have taken half of your day yeah. going out physically to change those and check those. So it's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. that we see with the new technology. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of skill back in the day and trial and error. And there's, I'm sure there's a lot of granddads and great-granddads out there who are very good at what they did. But it took them a long time to get there, and now we have an app, and you know, yeah, it's super well, easy to do now, right? So many improvements. I mean, I thought that even uh, last night at our... So my husband and I, we raised cattle, and we were driving just our um, ATV that we feed with and you can push cows with. And, you know, once upon a time, that was either a horse or, you know, on foot and yeah. or a wagon or something and now you can just kind of buzz in and out and get so much more done much more efficiently yeah and not to mention the tractors that can now drive themselves by they're satellite pretty impressive they're pretty impressive pretty impressive but talking about family uh you grew up in Chickasha is that right I did yes so about 45 minutes southwest of Oklahoma City uh kind of your typical 4-H and FFA kid here in Oklahoma uh, my family raised uh, lots of alfalfa soybeans wheat uh I have two sisters, and we were very active in showing horses and livestock. Uh, went to school there, uh, had lots of um, opportunities uh, through the 4-H and FFA program as far as leadership and personal development opportunities. Uh, went to school at Oklahoma State University in Stillwater. My husband and I both did, um, and we loved Stillwater and decided to stay there uh, after we got done with school. And uh, my husband uh, decided to... Uh, 
uh, be brave and start out on his own in a cattle operation, uh, which has been very uh, good to us. And then I said, well, if you're going to do that, I probably need to get more of a um, traditional eight to five type job. Uh, but it has all we've been very, very fortunate uh, that things have lots of hard work, certainly, and lots of ups and downs. But it has worked yeah. well for us. Uh, so growing up, are you the oldest or are you in right? So I'm the is? middle. Okay. Um, and my older sister, uh, she's actually a veterinarian. Uh, she works for Oklahoma State University as a mm-hmm. beef extension specialist. Um, and then my younger sister just is involved in ag, but now she's actually a school teacher. So yeah. a little bit different path, but all of us certainly attribute uh, the opportunities that we had and um, a lot of our achievements to that kind of foundation we got from yeah. both of those youth development programs. Yeah. And growing up in, you know, kind of in and around that, uh, were you guys pretty competitive? Incredibly competitive, yes. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt, um, and kind of in everything that we do, certainly uh, everything from the livestock shows uh, to speech contests or whatever it might be. But even at our house, you know, just a game of Scrabble uh, gets pretty intense. So um, that's just kind of by nature of what we did, how we were um, all raised. But I think that has served us well um, yeah. in our professional uh, careers as well, because we want to try to be. Um, the best that we can absolutely be within whatever area we're working in. So growing up and, you know, kind of in that, were you, did you kind of have growing up, do you have like a clear view of where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do? Or was it, I mean, I guess you already knew you wanted to go to Stillwater, but... Do you know what you wanted to do? Uh, not really. Um, now, growing up at you, uh, Oklahoma State was just kind of a given of where you were going to go to yeah. school in my house. Um, I knew I wanted to be in the ag sector in some form or fashion, but wasn't real certain what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, you know, certainly will ask the question now, you know, when you were a kid, did you think you'd ever be secretary of agriculture? Um, and really the honest answer to that is, I don't know that I even really knew right. what yeah. the job entailed uh, when I was a kid. Um, So it's been a really unique path. And I've had a lot of people who have opened up a lot of doors of opportunity Mm -hmm. for me uh, to allow me to kind of get to this point. Yeah, that's, you're right. Like growing up kind of, I guess, going to OSU, it's like an ag driven, you know, totally an ag driven town. Absolutely. Uh, And it's, you know, I'm, I, when I was in college, I, I went to a few OU games and probably more OU games than I did at OSU at the time when I was in college. But since I graduated, a, a really good friend and my host family, they're huge OSU fans, and they just kind of brought me to the side and <laughs> yes. welcomed me in. Yes. Um, so I would consider myself an OSU fan. It um, certainly is just kind of a big extended family. I think yeah. so many of us in the ag community, we just settle so well into Oklahoma State University because mm-hmm. the ag world is just kind of a big family. Do you, yeah. I mean, that's how we operate and everybody helps each other. Um, and so then you get there on campus and it's kind of that same feel and people are very welcoming. And people just as passionate as people are is about mm-hmm. agriculture. People are just as passionate if they're graduating of the university yeah. um, about OSU. Yeah. So you go to, did your older sister go to OSU as well? She did. Okay. Yes, she and did. And younger sister and as well? And younger sister okay. went as well. Yes. Yeah. So all of us uh, went to school there, um, had some great um, faculty. I certainly think the College of Ag is the best college there on campus, uh, but some wonderful uh, faculty and staff uh, that helped us kind of decide, you know, mm-hmm. what, what career option really looks. Now, my older sister was very decided on being a veterinarian, and that's yeah. what she went ahead and 
did. But I said, I love these, uh, the ag piece of the world, but also, you know, want to maybe look at ag business or what other opportunities mm-hmm. are there. So um, that's a great thing about uh, the College of Ag is I think they really help students to prepare to be successful um, yeah. in their career path. And I think all three of us would certainly uh, say that that was very beneficial to us. Yeah. When does, I guess, the leadership side of things come in? Because that, that's kind of mated to both, right? Like yes. What you do now. Uh, so uh, interesting. You know, we did lots of leadership development activities, certainly through the FFA program. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll always plug uh, 4-H and FFA. And I say if I could have every kid in Oklahoma be in those programs, yeah. uh, I would do that because of the personal development piece of it. Uh, but I think it certainly really helped me get involved in campus activities. Um, mm-hmm. And then later on in the workforce, um, you know, you're comfortable speaking in front of people because you've done that a lot. You know, you've been in speech contests and you've answered questions. It kind of becomes old hat. Um, You're comfortable working with all types of different people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it kind of gives you a um, leg up on maybe some other folks who didn't have that leadership development experience once you enter into um, the workplace because you've done a lot of those things Mm -hmm. uh, prior to your kind of formal um, career. And then that helps because I, and I'm the same way here at the department um, or other places I've worked. If we have people who we interview that have that um, Mm -hmm. 4-H or FFA experience, I want to hire them because I know that they've got a skill set that'll be beneficial to the organization. Yeah, it's it, like I said, because you've personally been through it, you know the value of it and you know what it did for you and that it's, I'm sure it's continuing to evolve as well and doing better and better every year. Absolutely. I think a lot uh, of times back to, because now uh, pre-COVID, I spoke to a lot more groups yeah. that has certainly adjusted to lots of virtual speaking opportunities now. Um, but, you know, our ag teachers, when they'd have us rehearse our speeches and really focus on um, our delivery and communicating with our audience and answering questions, um, well, I do that a lot now that may be with a commodity group that may be with members of the legislature. Yeah. Um, I've had to do that some with media interviews this spring. Um, mm-hmm. And you just you've you'd learned that skill as a younger adult. And so you have a much greater comfort level, I think, later on. Yeah, you're right. Comfort's a great word for it, because, you know, being under the lights and being in front of a, you know, a camera and because and, they are bright lights and yeah. it, you have your microphone <laughs> or three or four microphones shoved in your face, it, it can be very overwhelming. You know, it certainly can. It's interesting. Um, and I know so many people have seen the governor um, at a multitude of press conferences uh, this mm-hmm. spring. And uh, they called the one day because we had some unique challenges in the ag uh, sector. And they said, well, could you um, come over for this afternoon? We're going to talk. There are going to be some questions about ag and what's going on. I said, you bet. And they said, well, do you feel like you really need prepped on this? And I'm like, I think I'm good. You don't want to be overly confident, but um, I've just, you know, when you have, when you give a speech to three judges in a room and they really kind of drill you with questions, it prepares you for maybe those questions that come from the media. So So while you're at OSU, how quickly was it determined that you knew exactly what ag degree you were doing? So I I tell this story a lot when I talk to college students. Um, I have an agricultural economics degree. Mm -hmm. 
And when I went uh, kind of for my campus tour and, you know, you talk to faculty and those have certainly even evolved since I uh, first went to college. But at that point, you know, they kind of gave you all these options. And so I said, well, I said, of the students that are graduating now, um, which degree has the highest number of students that have a job when they walk across stage at graduation? Um, and at that time, it was the Ag Econ degree. And so I said, perfect. That's what yeah. I would like to do <laughs> because thinking. I'd like to have a job. Job. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I mean, incredibly fortunate that I had, you know, several job interviews before I even graduated and, mm-hmm. and certainly kudos to um, OSU and the College of Ag because they do a great job with those career fairs and getting sure. kids set up for that. But several options um, and then had a job when I graduated, which is a really good feeling yeah, um, yeah, after you tell. get done yeah. with college. So yeah, I didn't. That's why I got into real estate. <laughs> I think I can do this real estate thing. Sure, I'll do yeah, that. Why not? There you go. Uh, I did actually try working for a little bit and I'm a golfer. I like to be outside, which is probably the same with the ag industry. You just love to be outside as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, so, so you, well, you, you know, you, you have a job. You graduate, um, and then I guess you step out into the world. Absolutely. So um, I started my first job out of school uh, was with an entity that's called Rural Enterprises Incorporated. Uh, they're in sa- headquartered in southeastern Oklahoma in Durant. Um, and so I was doing small business lending uh, projects. A lot of Aggie Congrats yeah. end up in the finance uh, sector of the world and uh, traveled a lot. My territory was everything north of I-40. Yeah. Um, so that was a good experience for me just to kind of be out there on my own and talking to uh, chambers of commerce lenders, uh, people with the Department of Commerce here in Oklahoma mm-hmm. learned a lot uh, about a lot of things uh, pretty quickly. You yeah. know, you think you know a lot when you get out of college and then you realize that you don't know as near as much as you want to. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, and my husband starting up his business um, was, I mean, those are everyone mm-hmm. who knows who tries to start up a business that they're, that's a stressful oh, time, yeah. um, but really wanted to come to um the ag world kind of formally, you know, do something in ag all the time. Um, And uh, uh, Dr. Becky Brewer, who used to be the state veterinarian here at the department, called and she said, well, I think that Secretary Peach is looking for someone to come work for him kind of on special projects. You should call and talk to him didn't you know didn't know him didn't know yeah. a whole lot about state government and I thought it was just you know when they called to set up the interview I thought it was kind of a courtesy interview um, <laughs> and Dr. Brew is a good family friend and I thought it was one of those okay we'll let this okay. gal come and talk to us just to be polite yeah. um, and so I left um, and on the way home he said hey when can you come to work um, so yeah. just again Great very <laughs> very fortunate uh, that he let me come to work for him worked for him for a couple of years. Um, he was a cabinet member for Governor Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Governor Fallon was elected. And uh, so we got a new Secretary of Ag, uh, Jim Reese. Uh, and I did not know Jim at all. And typically in politics, when you have a change in leadership and administrations, then people leave. I mean, okay. that's just kind of the, na- or they're asked to leave or they leave or a little bit sure. of everything. Um, very much appreciative of Secretary Reese. He let me stay. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. But he said, yeah, sure. Why don't you do do our legislative work for the agency. Um, worked for Jim for about six years and then um, knew that we would have another gubernatorial election. And I had survived one swap of the governors. And yeah. so I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be lucky enough to survive another one. Um, and I've got, at that time, my kids were much younger. Uh, I drive about an hour back and forth from Stillwater. And a good friend called and said that the 
4-H Foundation, uh, which is uh, based there in Stillwater, was looking for a new executive director. Theirs had retired, and they said, you should, you know, you love yeah. 4-H, um, you, it'd be close to home. And so uh, just really fortunate that those pieces all kind of came together. And really, uh, the kind of, you know, you always make these plans for life, and then oh, life kind of yeah. interrupts <laughs> them. Uh, the plan was to be there for a while, you know, hopefully maybe until my kids graduated. And um, then Governor Stitt uh, was elected. I did not know the governor either. Um, and his staff called and said, hey, people said we should talk to you about agriculture. Would you come have breakfast with the governor? Uh, which is a cool phone call, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't really turn that one down, can you? <laughs> so I yeah. said, absolutely, I would love to do that. Um, and then uh, every, you know, eventually ended up here uh, working in this uh, capacity again at the department. So yeah. um, I wouldn't say that I had ever thought, uh, you know, this is my plan to get from A to B. Um, I just like to give lots of credit to folks that um, yeah. gave me opportunity or believed in me or said, we think you can do this because mm. um, you've always got to work hard, but you've also got to have folks that uh, give you that chance to oh, be yeah, successful. It's, and it, it's funny when, when people, like, they may not know a certain person and, and you know, they, they may see their resume and be like, oh, they got this job because they know that person and family connection and blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, yes, to, to an extent, yes, that is because of that, but also because of, and for the most part, it's because you've worked extremely hard at what you've done. And that's the other part. I mean, there are, granted, there are situations where people get jobs because they have a family connection, but for the most part, it's because they work hard. For sure. Right? Like, for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and you get, you know, people saying certain things or whatever. But from listening to you, it clearly, you know, people don't just call you if they had, they have no idea, you know, they don't know you, but people are recommending you. Like the governor call. You don't just get that because you know somebody. Well, like, and, and very appreciative, and they have heard me say this, but our uh, I call them our ag groups here in Oklahoma, but that would be our commodity groups mm. from Port Council to Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association, Farm Bureau, AFR. Um, they were all very kind uh, to support me in this capacity, and uh, that's what it, you know, it takes yeah. people being supportive of you uh, mm -hmm. to have opportunities like this. So um, I'm very appreciative, and I've yeah. had the chance to work with them before. Uh, but I also, that's why I tell um, when I talk to young adults or college students that these relationships that you build mm -hmm. over time, um, you may never know, you know, how that may come full circle to you uh, later yeah. on in life. Yeah, definitely. You're right. I mean, and especially in Oklahoma, it's such a small city, town, state. Exactly. Especially in, in each industry, you know exactly, you know, you either know that person or you know somebody who has worked or been, you know. it's Yes, it doesn't take long uh, in Oklahoma to, you know, yeah. someone can say, well, I'm from Okarchi. Well, you can ask about two questions and you figure out that, you know, you yeah. know, someone or related to someone from there. So it's yeah. it's a small world for sure. From from you know your previous job as a you know being a lender and driving around and and stuff like that like some of the towns you must have rolled into you've never seen before. <laughs> there is no doubt it was, um, you know, because I went all the way up to, I had a good friend uh, who was in Buffalo. So mm. you probably know where that is up in uh, the northwestern part of the state. And we did a, a finance project in Freedom. He said, okay. we need to come to Freedom and we need that. And I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? And is yeah. there potential here for this to be successful? But um, what I really loved about that is... I met so many Oklahomans mm -hmm. who were so incredibly passionate 
certainly about where they lived um, and yeah. wanting to see that rural development and just see Oklahoma be successful. Uh, because certainly as you travel different parts of the state, um, Oklahoma can be a harsh climate wise, you know, to live in. Um, And so people, I think you really see that love for the state and Mm -hmm. for what they do and for those, you know, the Friday night light, small town community. Um, I always say people don't live in Oklahoma because of the weather. They live here because of the people. Um, And I think people don't understand that until um, they have a chance to come here and really see. um, I think we grow the best people in the world here in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's it's hard to try and you know convince people to come here if they've never been here before, right? <laughs> For like sure, it's, you know. And it, even with me, like I took took me a while to convince my high school friends, two of my high school best friends, to come out and visit. And I even got, I got them here for a weekend, and we traveled. They flew in on a Friday. We had a couple of nights out here in town, and then we flew and did a road trip from san francisco down to la oh wow uh, it was awesome but i was like come here first just come here yes. for a couple of days yeah. and then and then the year later they came back for a full week and they, they they get it now but initially it's tough isn't it, to get people into town and even if they don't live in a big city you know in some like I said the friday night lights and the rural towns and you know i drove out yesterday to do a podcast in jet oklahoma yes and it jet went, nash yeah, yeah. yeah. It, i mean driving through nash i was just like <laughs> Okay, I know there's a police officer pulled over. What's the speed limit? <laughs> right, you know, just in right. case they get pulled over. Um, but yeah, like so many towns on the way up. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. Uh, you know, little little one stop towns. But you can see how much character there is in that in those places. Oh, and just the people that you find. I mean, there's just you can't replicate that experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. And it's certainly now having kids, and my kids go to a very small rural school. Um, yeah. And I mean, just the. Um, all the experiences and the relationships mm-hmm. that are built in those. I mean, that I think that makes us very unique yeah. um, here in Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, I saw somewhere in, I was reading one, a part of some, your bio, uh, which I think it's like the same on two to two or three different websites, which is really good actually, because it helped. Okay. Uh, but it said like something about you having a job in social media. Yes. So, yep. So, when I first came here to work for Secretary Peach, um, uh, I was the social media coordinator uh, for the department. And so, if Mm -hmm. you scroll back that many years, social media is not what it is today, right? Um, But it was this opportunity because there's only about 2% of us that are involved in production agriculture of the population. And so, I saw it as a chance, certainly, to show what the department does, Mm -hmm. uh, but also, for consumers to see how's my food being raised? Where is it being raised? How are people raising livestock? And two, I think we've really learned that people, they're several generations away from the family farm mm-hmm. and they want that experience. You know, they want yeah. to to get to know that producer, or have a chance to, you know, go do you pick strawberries at someone's place. Sure. And I think to your point of people liking to be outside, I think everyone does. Some people just have forgotten that yeah. or they haven't ever had that experience. So social media was such a great opportunity to kind of share the department story, Mm -hmm. but then to start merging in all these stories from all the ag sectors. And now we have certainly people much more talented than me um, that use social media as a great tool to really share ag story with the world. Yeah, it's just big. I mean, I guess you were in it from like the grassroots 
point, right? And just come in yes. and like, okay, like I can kind of build something here. And then now it's just kind of, I mean, it ta- social media has taken off, right? And it's like, that's where everyone's spending their ad dollars and that's where Absolutely. everyone's eyeballs are. Absolutely. It's a, it's a unique thing because um, I say I didn't have a cell phone when I went to college, mm-hmm. right? And I don't feel like I'm that old. <laughs> <laughs> but to now where our lives, yeah. you know, are kind of off of our cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where we get our news. That's how we pay our bills. That's how we communicate with people, yeah. um, which, and I know there's certainly lots of criticism of social media. Uh, there's no doubt some people, but I think, um, you know, even for our uh, little family cattle operation, you know, I'll post mm-hmm. photos of what the kids are doing or what we're doing. And I'll have people um, that are acquaintances or work yeah. friends that'll say, now, why are you all doing that? You know, just yeah. out of interest, like, yeah, so yeah. why are all your cows having their calves at the exact same time? Like, how do you do that? So then for us in ag, it's this great way to have a good conversation sure. about what we do and why it's important. Yeah. And that's, that's all it is, right? It's like, if, you know, the goal is if I can continue to share stories and create awareness, it's going to create a buzz. And for the most part, like I said, you're going to get a few messages. Oh, why do you do that? Why do you do this? Uh, what do you think of this? And it just builds community. Yes. And I'm sure that's, I think some of the older generation who didn't grow up with phones or I, for iPhones for sure, <laughs> um, you know, they're like, why are you on your phone all the time? Like, well, you know, sometimes they're building meaning, more meaningful connections and learning more. Uh, and obviously there's there's downsides to it too, playing video games, not video games, but playing games on your phone right, and having you, right. you know, scrolling endlessly to try and find the ball on the internet <laughs> is, uh, you know, it's it mentally probably has some downsides, but there is so much good from it. And even from my experience with building like the This Is Oklahoma, you know, the, the social media side of that, it's, I have so many more friends now. I know so much about more people because we've engaged. And yes, talked. and information that you can access. Whereas, you know, yeah. once upon a time you would have had to driven out to Black Mesa, right? Yeah. Well, now someone can go there and video what mm-hmm. they're doing and share that experience with you, and then you and you go, "Oh, that's what I need to do with my family," yeah. or what? I mean, it just gives us, I think, a chance to cast a much wider net, mm-hmm. um, but also just to communicate. And I think these younger generations are going to demand that we continue to communicate that way yeah it's i mean i'm all for it i think it's awesome um it's and then just seeing how businesses have taken to it and used it and it's at the end i mean it's free right yes yes for sure so it's great to see you know the the way that people are doing things and and i hope it continues i I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon, which is awesome. I, I don't think so. And what I, I love, so I was at, back to Oklahoma State. I was in a sorority mm-hmm. at OSU, which as a kid never would have thought that that was the path that I went, but I ended up there and it was great <laughs> for me. Um, but, you know, just so many of my sorority sisters from college that they'll see things that I put in their non, do you know, they don't have yeah. an ag background, but they love the chance to talk or they say, well, can I bring, can our kids come out and see to your all's place? And absolutely. Yeah. And um, you just, you get to kind of check in on people's lives and see their stories mm-hmm. as they're unfolding. Yeah, I can imagine growing up you being in the ag world and, and riding horses and showing horses and showing cattle. 
sorority life's probably completely the opposite, right? Um, I will tell you the first two weeks, um, I called my dad and said, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Why did I do this? And then I think life is kind of ironic because then I actually was president of my sorority my last year of college. So yeah. I guess that's some humorous joke in there somewhere. But it was so wonderful for me. And I, and I lean on that a lot, actually, in this capacity because um, I lived in a house with 85 other girls who the majority of them didn't know anything about ag. Right. So it was a chance for me to say, you know, this is kind of your perception of what we do. And that's not what we do. You know, let me yeah. tell you what we do and why it's important. And then hopefully, you know, they cared more about uh, where their food comes from and how it's grown and what we do as farmers. So yeah. now when I think of whatever audience that we're trying to communicate with here, it's kind of a good sounding board for me to say, okay, this is kind of the lens that this group may be looking through and we need to find them where they are. Right. So. And actually educate them on, you know, like the process and what, where everything's coming from, the stuff that they're eating, not just chasing cowboys around Stillwater, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, was, um, how, how was like sports at, at OSU at that time? Was it um, good? It, the f not really, no. 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 no, I say that. Basketball was great. Okay. Uh, basketball was great. Football, uh, not so much. Yeah. So the stadium didn't look anything like uh, Boone Pickens Stadium looks like now. Mm. Uh, but, you know, that's a time at basketball when we would wait, uh, you know, hours and sometimes the day before to get into the student section at Gallagher yeah. Iba for the basketball game. So uh, just kind of a, yeah. a different focus. And we look forward to the when it's that way again oh, um, on campus. But yeah, the I think the first year I was there, we went like two and 10 um, in football. Mm -hmm. So um, it was yeah. a, a little different, <laughs> <laughs> a little different then for sure. Yeah. Do you have any, I guess, kind of top memories from college? Oh, top memories from college. Um, probably one of my most interesting, because I, I went to Chickasha, which um, wasn't a big town, but mm. certainly bigger than some towns. And um, I was, I, I vividly remember the first day and I was living in the dorms and, you know, you're trying to figure out this campus and where to go. And so I'm walking at typical freshman, you know, and again, this is really kind of before cell phones and things, yeah. right? You know, so I've got my class schedule printed off and I'm Maps, trying like to make sure that I get there on time and I cry, and I'm walking down the street and obviously kind of lost and can't find the building. And I heard someone holler at me. Uh, well, it was one of my friends that I knew from the FFA program, um, a couple years older than me. And they're like, oh, I know exactly where it is. I'll take you over there, yeah. um, which I know is just a tiny little memory, but it was just like this kind of like, okay, I'm in the right spot. There's other people like I me here. Welcome. They're going to help me, uh, help me be successful. Um, loved homecoming at OSU. You know, we the best homecoming, I think, mm -hmm. in the United States. So lots of hours back to my sorority time of getting the house decks ready. Yeah. Uh, lots and lots of hours doing that. Um, I really, and I know not all college students go to class all the time, um, but I really enjoyed uh, my classes and professors and a lot of it because it was had an ag sure. focus, which yeah. is what I cared about. But college was a very, um, certainly I enjoyed mm -hmm. uh, the campus activities and the academic activities activities yeah. there on campus um and Stillwater's just you kind of feel like home yeah. even though you're away from home you feel like you're at home yeah do you remember what the themes were for decorating for homecoming 
Oh, I don't know that. I know. I remember the fraternities that we were paired with, but I don't know that I remember any of the themes because it's such a big deal. It's huge. It's the time and um, energy that everybody puts into it. And it's just it's kind of it's that small town dynamic again that everybody's like, this is what we do. And we welcome everyone back in the fall for another year of um, memories, you know, kind of creating new memories and then reliving old memories. Yeah, I took my mum and dad were in town last for it last year uh, so we got tickets and okay. we went to it and well I say my mum and dad my, like my dad and my brother okay um, my mum she was at home knitting or reading okay. enjoying the sun <laughs> she not, not her cup of tea um, but, it's a lot of people it's yeah, a lot of but people my dad and brother they couldn't believe and, and friends of us that we went with surprised us with um, with like uh, I mean our tickets came in a lanyard whatever you call that Sweet level tickets. Yes. Our friends yeah. surprised us with that. So my dad was like, this is a college game. Like, yeah, right. This is, yeah, this yeah, is it's kind, pretty, of, kind of a big deal. It's a big time. It's a big so, time and they do a great job. They had, yeah, they had a great time and, you know, did a little bit of tailgating and going, you know, up and down, see the restaurants and the bars and drinking all the famous drinks and all that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It was. They had a great time. My, my brothers had a very sore head the next I was day. Gonna, so. Most folks in Stillwater can help you have a good time if yeah. that's what you want to do. Yeah, so. they had a really good time. Uh, I guess so moving to more, I guess, current day and kind of just what, you know, things that, you know, dealing with. I know you said you're doing a lot more Zoom call, I guess, now rather than speaking in person. Um, but what's, I guess, what do you, what's the day-to-day job look like? Like. For people well, that don't know, what do you do? So um, I'll give a little bit of background because um, the Secretary of Ag position here in Oklahoma is kind of a unique position in that uh, you serve as a cabinet member for the governor, mm-hmm. uh, but then also the director of the agency. So we've got um, a little over 400 employees that work at the agency. Okay. So you can think about daily administrative things that come along with uh, yeah. the workplace. Uh, but then the Secretary of Ag is also um, a member of the Board of Equalization and member of the School Land Commission and the member of the Board of Regents for the OSU A&M system. So on any particular day, um, it could be, you know, this morning I had a meeting with the governor, um, on an issue and then we're doing a uh, meat processing webinar uh, for those who are wanting to get in the meat processing sector so I did a quick welcome virtual welcome uh, for that Uh, then we had another zoom call about uh, CARES funding and talking to the legislature about what's going on um, and then had to go back over to the Capitol uh, for another meeting uh, with some staff over at the Capitol and so if you ask my kids they would just say that I go to a lot of meetings (laughs) is what my kids would say Uh, but it's balancing out uh, making sure the Department of Agriculture is running well um, and doing the job that we're supposed to do, uh, but then also working with the ag industry, with all of our commodity groups um, on issues that are important to them and important to our ag producers here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm so glad that, uh, at, you know, years ago that someone, uh, you know, made sure that ag had a seat at those other tables as well, because mm-hmm. as we've become a more urban uh, society, a lot of times I'm the only ag voice at the table Um, so we want to make sure that ag is not forgotten um, and that rural Oklahoma is not forgotten in those discussions so um, just interfacing and uh, you know a lot of times it's just networking getting the right folks together 
a problem may come uh, to us and I say, well, I don't have the solution, but I know the folks who can help you find it. Um, And so a lot of times we're just trying to get, uh, if it's other state agencies or just um, Mm -hmm. different producer groups together to solve uh, challenges in um, the ag world. Um, Now there's certainly some, uh, some days are more challenging than others. This has been a unique spring and summertime uh, because of the COVID situation and how that has impacted not only agencies, but then also just our producers. And we had lots of consumers who went into the grocery store and couldn't find sure. uh, what they were looking for. And so this has been a unique experience. I know everybody unprecedented is kind of an overused word probably yeah. at this point in time, but um, we've all learned um, a lot mm-hmm. about a lot of things uh, this spring and summer and how to navigate through some challenging situations. Yeah, I'm sure it was, I mean, it's a crazy time for most industries, but like you said, you, you know, it's probably brought a lot more awareness to some some businesses that are producing and you know a lot more farmers markets now right because yes i don't want to go to the store or my store doesn't have this because the shipment hasn't come in from wherever in the country but my farmers market has it and it was grown here Yes. And that's just such a good thing to happen. It, it is. And, uh, you know, we in America, you know, we have the safest, most affordable food supply in the world. Yeah. And that's something that we all become very accustomed to um, and rely on. And we saw that food supply chain break mm-hmm. um, earlier this year. And, and I certainly think the opportunity then for the ag producers and to your point of the farmer's market is, you know, a mom like me in the grocery store says, mm-hmm. well, hey, if I can buy my fruits and vegetables or uh, my beef or whatever it might be. I want to talk to that person that raised the product and I want to support Oklahoma producers. So we certainly see it as this tremendous opportunity. Uh, And two, we know that's what consumers want um, and we know our producers can produce it. And so we just keep trying to foster uh, those relationships and kind of that continued development. How does um, Oklahoma agricultural industry like stack up to other states? So we're a very strong ag industry. Uh, yeah. We're also very diverse, which is very interesting. Okay. Um, if you pick a particular commodity, um, if you want to talk about beef cattle, we're number two in the United States uh, for beef cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so only one ahead of us is Texas, which probably doesn't surprise yeah. folks. Uh, but we're also one of those states where we have more cows than people, um, which if you live here, that probably doesn't yeah. surprise you either. Um, you know, our top commodities here in the state are uh, beef cattle. Uh, we have a lot of hog production, poultry production, and then wheat. Um, and so we're in the top 10 in a lot of different commodities. But then we have everything. We have a forestry industry, uh, you know, down in southeastern Oklahoma that a lot of people don't think about. Um, and everything from uh, pecans to specialty crops, uh, you know, we just because Oklahoma is so geographically diverse, we strong cotton industry in southwestern Oklahoma. Um, So we grow a little bit of everything here in the state, which gives us some great perspective, especially on the national level when we meet with other um, ag commissioners across the U.S. Um, you know, they may be a very, you know, very kind of commodity specific or not have some of the things that we have here in Oklahoma. So I feel like it gives us a good voice um, at the national level because we have producers that yeah. um, are in that area and are very successful in that area. And then we can kind of help um, guide maybe some policy that impacts them. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's so diverse. Isn't it? And that's one of the things that... Um uh, Lieutenant Pennell was saying, Lieutenant Governor Pennell was saying that like Oklahoma is 
has so many different ecosystems. I think there was like California and Alaska and maybe one other is only ahead of us or equal to us in ecosystems. And I don't think people have realized like how awesome that is. Oh, absolutely. You know, all the places that you can go, you know, you can go all over the state and see different things and different, you know, like I said, different ecosystems, which, you know, I think Oklahoma is viewed as just being super flat and boring and, you know. Kind like, of a flyover state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most people think that, but then, you know, you can go down to Beaver's Bend in mm -hmm. one corner and then to Black Mesa in another and everything that you see in between. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, I, it's even interesting. So growing up in Chickasha um, and then now living east of Stillwater, that's about a two hour difference yeah. driving. Uh, just the difference in living and that, you know, a little bit west of 35 and now a little bit east of Interstate 35. It's a totally from the amount of rainfall that we get to um, the geography and the land, what we can do um, from an ag production mm -hmm. perspective for no more than two hours drive really is, yeah, yeah. is pretty incredible. Yeah. And yesterday was a great day because it rained all day yesterday. Yes. We like rain. We like rain and ag. We always like, especially in July. We yeah. really like rain in July. Yeah. Coming from, you know, Wales naturally is known as it just rains all the time. <laughs> and, you know, I, when I first came here I'm like I like I hate the rain like it it, it just reminds, it's miserable you know it's just it but it's a, it's a different kind of rain it's kind of grim gray and constant doesn't right. stop it's not right. the heavy downpour that we get here and it was raining yesterday and I just started smiling I was like I am in Oklahoma now because I actually appreciate this rain yes. for my yard. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, I was texting some friends. It's raining here. I kind of like that. It kind of feels good. You know, I went for a walk this morning. I've kind of been doing, going for a walk every morning and, and it was raining this morning and most part I would have been like, you know, back home, like, I'm not going for a walk. It's raining. Right. Today I was like, throw my jacket oh it's you know I actually was out in shorts and a t-shirt because it was still 80 degrees. Still plenty warm uh, with the rain coming down yeah. for sure. Uh I guess talking about ecosystems and places around the state, do you have a favorite place or a place that's like a go-to for you guys when a kind of weekend away? So we always, and my husband grew up in Chickasha as okay. well. Um, and so we always laugh that even, you know, over 20 years now living where we do, that mm -hmm. we feel more at home in Southwestern Oklahoma. Yeah. Do you know what I, and, and a lot of that's just, um, I think when you're raised there, that's just, sure. uh, but, um, you know, Quartz Mountain is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, and we like to just go because we don't, um, you know, we're not on that west of 35 as much so um, western Oklahoma always feels a little bit more like home to us mm -hmm. um, so we like to there's several agritourism venues um, and uh, just places in my husband because of the cattle business uh, we've got lots of uh, friends that are in the cattle business so mm -hmm. we may go and just stay with them for a day or two um, and he kind of looks through their cattle operation and they do yeah. business and then we get to enjoy being um, out in the country and away from uh, big city oh, and yeah. concrete and pavement and all those kind of things and sometimes boring annoying emails right? uh, yes <laughs> if we can find somewhere without any cell phone yeah. service that's always a bonus um <laughs> as well if we can do that yeah. so I, we didn't touch on this earlier but um where did you guys meet 
Do you guys well, we basically grew We dated in high school, so oh, we're okay. high school sweethearts, yeah. um, which is unusual, I know. Um, yeah. But we dated for a long time before we got married, so both went to college, and uh, then I think we kind of decided either we're going to get married or break up with yeah, each other, like and so we, yeah. we <laughs> decided to get married. Uh, but both my family and my husband's family, um, a lot of them still live there in That's the Chickasha awesome. area, so kind of a unique uh, story, but it he very much has an ag background as well yeah. um, and we were in FFA together and um, so it has yeah. uh, been it has been very good for us one of those kind of small town relationships that if you break up it destroys part of the town for a little well, bit well that is true I will <laughs> say so we got married uh, in Chickasha and which is the same church where my parents got married yeah. and my older sister got married and um, which we love about small town you know there were like five different showers because but then you also had to register at three or four different places because you didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings and not yeah. register um, with them and so uh, it was hard to kind of pare down the uh, wedding list because we both just had yeah. our families were there and we had been there growing up so but very just a wonderful mm-hmm. um, opportunity to yeah. have. That's awesome. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're running close to to the hour mark, but. Um, Kind of final, I guess, little few quick fire questions. Okay. Um, in the ag industry, uh, whatever truck you drive, depending on brand, you know, can be a certain, you know, <laughs> that's a big topic in the ag industry. So, are you a Ford? Are you a Dodge? Are you a Chevy? What? Oh, so I'm a Chevy, but my husband just brought a brand new Dodge Dually. Um, okay. So he's going astray. Uh, but I, in high school, I drove um, a Chevy 454 extended cab Dually. That was my mm-hmm. vehicle that I drove in high school and in college. So um, I'm still kind of a Chevy gal, but we driving just got a brand that, new Dodge. So. Driving that and parking that at the sorority house, I'm sure was fun. Um, it got lots of comments. It was red, <laughs> too. So it got lots of comments and... And lots of humorous comments uh, from uh, my friends. I do not drive a dually back and forth anymore now, yeah. but uh, it it you became a really good driver because you just didn't have a lot of other options. So yeah, yeah you have you got to be very aware of where you're driving. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I guess the next one would be um, go to cheat meal. Super random. Go to cheat meal. Just. Favorite meal, I guess, randomly. Oh, meal. Okay, cheat meal. Okay. Um, For sure, um, steak. For sure, steak. Um, Love mashed potatoes, but like mashed potatoes with like butter and sour cream and cheese in them. Oklahoma mashed potatoes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And then I'm a big ice cream is kind of my um, go-to. I'm a big fan of the ice cream. So I could probably eat that every day, all day. All different flavors or just all different places too? Um, All different places um, and really kind of all different flavors. I just, I'm a big ice cream fan much to, uh, that's why I have to spend more time on the treadmill and should probably eat a lot less ice cream and I wouldn't have to spend as much time on the treadmill, but no, pretty big ice cream gal. It's definitely good for the soul has to be i mean i love ice cream too and, and it just makes out, you happy don't you feel right. happy after you eat ice cream yeah, yeah. I think, and, I mean, and i always say i'm supporting our dairy producers so yeah. it's good all the way around yeah i can't i i hate it when i have to drive by brahms and not stop in and grab something <laughs> right. like, it's, it's kind of annoying it's good ice cream good yeah. ice cream we had uh i was on a um 
we had a, a leadership class Zoom call the other day, uh, and one of the questions was, "What's your favorite ice cream?" And it was there was a lot of surprising flavors that I'd never even heard of, and a yes. lot of like butter pecan and all that kind of stuff, and some some vanilla, which. Um, I'm yet to meet those people in person. I'm sure they're wonderful people. Uh, I'll bring them to some flavors soon, I hope. But um, one of the questions that, uh, that I asked was, you know, when you go to the Bromland, you get the double dip with the waffle cone. Mm-hmm. What two do you mix together? Oh, yeah. Um, and recently, my latest two have been birthday cake and either chocolate almond, which is super, like, left field, yes. or birthday cake and strawberry. Okay, see, I'm a big strawberry fan, and I would probably, and it sounds really crazy, but I'm a chocolate chip cookie dough fan, too, Mm -hmm. and so those seem like they wouldn't go together, but they're actually pretty yummy, so you have to try that one, maybe. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me down, uh, you know, to sit here and chat and share some stories. Uh, I'm definitely going to go have some ice cream now, (laughs) and everyone listening should do the same. For sure. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you uh, next episode. Cheers. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.